Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit We made this! What is it? Bad memories. Of what? Alexandra's our home. What we have, it's rare. If we live, we live for them. We gotta get through this together. If we die, we die for them. I don't leave anybody behind. Not ever. Do you want to talk about it? We need to start thinking about other options. Alexandria needs us. It's everything we have. So, you're leaving to fight ghosts. This is a path you don't want to go down. I've done worse. Welcome to Schedule Programming, the official TV podcast from We Made This Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kurt North, and Schedule Programming is a show that takes a closer look at new television, examining the good, the bad, and the ugly of the small screen. In this episode, we are talking about The Walking Dead. Always wanted to, I always do that. I always, <laughs> always do that whenever I watch The Walking Dead. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's the, the advert, it's The Walking Dead. But my guest here is to discuss this with me is none other than Colin Jackson Brown. Colin, how are you doing, mate? Not bad. How are you? Not too bad. It's it's nice to be on something a bit different. It is because we're normally talking about Red Dwarf. We're normally talking <laughs> about Red Dwarf. So um, yeah, so we've taken a sidestep and we're talking about new television. Yes. Um, on the Disney Plus network as well for the uh, for the for all its um, ill-gotten gains. Or, so um, or AMC if you're American. AMC if you're American. Oh, yep. so it's yeah. So is it okay? Or if you're they've got downloading it illegally the week before, <laughs> then it's AMC. <laughs> well, yeah, or, or it's um, you know many different versions of of torrents depending on which torrent clients you use. Indeed. But um, let's not let's not talk get into that um, <laughs> area. I watched this on Disney Plus. That's all I'll say. Um, so uh, anyway, yes, we're here to talk about Walking Dead for this week's scheduled programming. So um, this is in three parts. This is season 11A, I believe, Colin. It is, um, yeah. You've just told me off offline. Um, so <laughs> that, um, so just, just go through this with me. So it, there's three sections. that I haven't been paying that much attention to it, to be honest. So there's okay, three so, sections. So season 11 is the final season of The Walking Dead main show. There's still various other bits of the franchise spinning off all over the place. But, um, yeah, season 11 is where they're wrapping up the main storyline. Um, and because they're doing more uh, episodes than they normally would, and because of COVID, meaning it's a, you know, they've, they've got to record it in different ways than how they would have done previously. They're, they're doing it in three 
blocks of eight. So, um, yeah, the first block of eight has just just aired, and then uh, there's the next one starts in February, I believe, which is how they used to do it with with blocks A and B. But there's a third one, um, which will be yeah. a few months after that. Yeah, it always fell around my birthday. My birthday is early February, yeah. so the second part always fell on on my birthday. Um, so what about Walking Dead as a whole then from, from you? How did you come to Walking Dead? So I was trying to think when I I either started watching the first series as it was being broadcast or, or pretty soon afterwards. I think it might have been between series one and series two when I saw the, the first series because I was okay. definitely watching series two as it was broadcast each week. Um, right. So Because it, it's one of the few shows that I make sure I watch as soon as humanly possible to avoid spoilers. Um, I've uh, also read all the comics. So just before the the second series came out, I got the first uh, compendium, which is the really thick collected version of, which there's four of those, I think, altogether. But I, after the second one of those, I was buying them all individually in the um, individual volumes. And the this series that they've got to now... Um, is covering uh, sort of volume 30 to 32, which is the last three. Okay. So, uh, but but quite quite loosely, because there are characters that are dead in the series that are still alive at the end of the comics. There are characters in the, uh, the comics that are, you know, dead. The biggest example is Carol. She dies in the prison, so that would be season two or three, season season three. That I believe that would have been. So yeah, she dies really early on and is a really very different character because she she's in the the series. She's such a she's basically a badass, whereas yeah. she's very sort of um, weak and easily led character, and she's she's essentially a victim in uh, in the comics. But yeah, bas- basically, I'm. Read all the comics, watched all the series, including Fear the Walking Dead and, uh, unfortunately, The World Beyond, which really isn't very good, but I'm still watching it all. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've not played the games. I've, I played a little bit of the first Telltale game, um, but not really got into it. Uh, I do intend to at some point, but I, I would say I'm still not... I love it, and it's one of my favourite things to watch all the time but I still have to look up who some of the fucking characters are half the time because there's so many of them. There are... Right. There's characters that turn up and you go, who the hell's that? And then I'll look it up and it's like, oh, right, they were in it last series just in the background. And yeah, they're suddenly yeah. promoted to a main character now. And Well, I think um, I think for me, the Star Trek Discovery, I've always said... I still don't know half the characters in Star Trek Discovery. They're not well drawn at all. I'm, you know, I actually quite like Star Trek Discovery as, as as a show, but it's very much a vehicle for um, an ex Walking Dead person, of course. Yeah. You know, in uh, yeah. So um, so whose name escapes me right now? Sonica Sonica Green Martin Green, isn't it? Son, Sonic Martin Is it? Green. I, I don't know because yeah. I don't watch any. Uh, so that was um, Sasha. Uh, yeah, Sasha Williams, um, yeah, yeah. obviously, so Sonequa Martin Green, who's in Star Trek Discovery. Right. So, um, so the fact that that she went off into to do Discovery, I was really looking forward to that. I thought, brilliant, you know, Star Trek's one of my favorite shows. Um, Star Trek's coming back, and Sonequa's going to be, you know, leading. 
and that's effectively what Star Trek Discovery is. It's like her and two other characters pretty much right. running the entire show. And you've got this ensemble of other people around the background who are very ill-written um, or badly <laughs> written or don't even... There's people there standing in the background. I still don't know the names to. Yeah. Whereas if you look at something like, um, you know, other shows... I mean, I was just... I actually did think about this for Walking Dead, actually, because, you know, you're right, but there's people... I mean, naming off the top of my head, you know, Maggie, Negan, Eugene, Rosita... You know, there's there's a lot of people that I can remember, but you're right, and we'll talk about this in in, in season eleven when we get there um, about certain people going, oh, hang on a second, especially the first two episodes, which we'll talk about. Yeah, um, and I was like, who who is that? <laughs> so, and you have to Google it just to find out. Yeah, because there were ones that um, Maggie had brought back from her other settlement that they assumed yeah. you'd already worked out who they were, and they turned up in one or two episodes of the previous series. In yeah. the middle of a massive battle, so you hadn't really sort of had any time to get to know the characters, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, my my Walking Dead um, kind of journey started. I think I remember getting the Walking Dead um, after after the after it'd been on, yeah, um, and I think I caught up by the time we were in the barn. I think in the second season with sec- Sophia, second season, yeah. So I'd caught up. At that point, She's so. Sophia, the uh, 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 Carol's daughter, who uh, went missing and was the sort of the MacGuffin of the second season and turned up uh, dead in the barn at the end, is still alive at the end of the comics. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I, speaking of the comics, I have read the compendium. So I read the first one. I think I'm in halfway through the second one. Um, so I've definitely got to the prison and I've definitely done bits and bobs here and there, but I've not really thing. And one of the things I wanted to say on this podcast is because I normally say on podcast 616, I've read the comics. I've read the Walking Dead comics. Yay! <laughs> well done. So I'm dead. I'm dead chuffed with that. I can say, well, yeah, I've read the comics. I have seen that, you know, the, the eye with Carl and all that kind of thing all kind of kicked off. I, and and they, they are consistently good all the way through as well. It's uh, right. I think they ended it at a good time. They'd been going for absolutely years, but because um, when they did the final issue, it was uh, it was pretty much a surprise. They just put it out, and we're like, "Yep, that's the last one." Bye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's better than you know. It, they could have gone on gone on for decades and decades and completely lost things. I mean, a lot of people feel that the the show. You know, I, I know so many people that have dropped off along the way um, that started out watching the show and uh, didn't like various things where they thought that, you know, they were in the the prison for too long or something like that. And there's a lot of people that didn't, that hated it as soon as Negan turned up. Um, Negan's one of my favorite characters. Um, he's uh, you know, he's an anti-hero, but yeah. He's, uh, yeah. In, in real life. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be anywhere near him. He's, he's uh you know, a horrific character, but he's very fucking entertaining to watch. Loads of people that have sort of dropped off along the way, but these last few series, um, since uh, Angela Kang has taken over as showrunner, um, she's done from series nine onwards, I think. Um, it's really picked back up again. So if you, you know, if you've if you've been watching bits of it and sort of lapsed, it is worth persevering and going back to it because it does get really fucking good later on. Yeah, continuing that, sorry, because I'm a little bit in between. So 
it was must-watch TV. I watched the first couple of seats, as I say, up to Sophia. Um, stuck with it. It was much must-watch TV. It was Monday night when it went. To, I think it went to Monday night. I'm not sure if it was always on Monday, but um, it was must-watch on Fox on Fox TV here in the UK. Yeah. And every single Monday, I'd watch it and then watch Talking Dead afterwards. So it was it became that that good for me. Yeah. And around I'd say the seventh or eighth season is when it became stopped becoming must watch yeah. and it was more catch up um so it it kind of it kind of waned a little bit i i enjoyed elements I, ezekiel's tiger was just like oh yeah just yeah i mean that that whole thing and when he saves at the end of that season um when he saves carl um and then obviously when um it saves ezekiel as well which was like heart wrenching yeah. is the most I, I i haven't cried on the tv show for a long time and that was that was the moment Hate animals. I hate animals getting killed. I just hate it. It's fine. It was CGI. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't that CGI deer though, was it? That was a terrible CGI idea. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I, I believe that the reason that they killed off um, the tiger at that point was it was too expensive to render as CGI that often. Oh, and, I can totally as shown imagine. by how bad that deer was, because they obviously used a lot less budget for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so and and as I say, coming coming into and the Kang era, um, I I still don't I, I'm still not on must watch TV, but I I am on catch up. I think that definitely around season eight and nine, I was definitely waning. I didn't watch the last season before Kang took over, right? For a long for a long time, it took me a while, and it was like I watched it all in like a couple of nights. I think it was like literally right. I'm just going to blast through this, and it was like all oh, right, okay. Um, but when we get to season eleven, um, you know, and, and and the Kang stuff was great, you know, and, and and that was more of a case of I watched it in chunks. I watched it like sort of three or four weeks, and I watch it in chunks. Yeah, yeah. And I did the same with and I did the same with this season eleven. So um, let's let's start talking about season eleven a little bit. Then and um, we'll we'll start with a non spoilery kind of aspect to it. Um, now season eleven for me again, I watched I think the first two episodes as they aired on on the first two Mondays, and yeah. then. The other four or five, or however many there were, um, I've kind of caught up. So I was two or three weeks behind. But that's more to do with work and anything else. So I yeah. think I would have watched it on Mondays. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on season 11 then? You, you like Kang. Um, so what do you think her, um, what she's brought to the table for season 11A? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty good season. Um, I do think that there was there's one particular episode uh, in this series that um, is the best outright horror episode that they have done. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think it's the second best they've ever done, second only to um, season nine, episode eight, which is the one with all the whispers in the fog. Right, okay. um, Which is an amazing episode. I I, I really like the whisper storyline in the comics, and I thought they did it really fairly faithful in uh, in the show to, to the comics. So I was really excited for that, and that one particular episode was... It was it was almost as if it was written by entirely different people because it was so horrific. Even though the whole thing is based in horror because it's zombies. Yeah. Um, there's there's levels of horror though, and and that is, you know, a genuinely horrific um, epi- episode. And one of the episodes this series that really stands out for the same reasons um, was utterly fantastic and if you've if you've not watched it yet um 
it's worth watching the season for that episode, I would say. I've enjoyed it. I think the horror one is an interesting one, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more detail once Definitely. once we get there. Um, you know, and we're not going to go episode by episode. We're just generally going to talk about the, the show as a, as a thing. But uh, I, I, I like that. I like the stuff that they've put in at the beginning and the first third of the season, um, the, the way that they've... Uh, They've used characters who have been with us for for some time. Uh, I thought that was that was good, and um, it. I, I would say there's a potential. We have a new potential kind of nemesis, or new, um, uh, which I don't think we're involved in the comics, but we'll talk about that yeah, shortly in the spoiler review. Um, that do do I feel that they've they were a bit hit and miss potentially? Yeah. Could have done more. I think potentially. Um and um, yeah, and I think they, they've used they've utilized COVID quite interestingly. I, I think the the episodes running up to this season, the individual ones like the Negan backstory and yeah, uh, you know, Princess when she's in uh, the Commonwealth stuff, I thought was was good. Um, so that I think they've utilized some of that and had had a, a nice line through it. Um, which again we'll talk about characters reappearing and all that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's overall, I've I've really really enjoyed the season. I think there's been um, really good directional aspects to it. I yeah. think um, it's an interesting links into uh, what's come before, and also like quite a, a very wide dichotomy between certain elements as well, which I thought was 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 interesting for for Walking Dead. So yeah, I think overall it's been it's been good. Um, I don't know whether or not we should rate it out, and I don't think I personally would. But um, do you think it's up there with one of your favourite seasons of the show? Let's put it that way. I would. So there's been eleven eleven seasons, uh, so it's it's a tricky one. I I would maybe rate it about of the eleven. I'd I'd probably put it somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, maybe just above the middle. So you know. Maybe we'll go six, six and a half out of ten, something like that. Okay, yeah. six yeah. and a half, seven ish. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I was thinking this as well that Walking Dead seems to it's a moving beast, and that it's kind of like you know it's moved with the times. You know, I, I mean, yes, there is there is that the argument with oh well they're in a prison now. Oh well they're in the governor's bit now. Oh now we're here now. Yeah. Oh this is another. There's another person coming to get us, kind of thing. Um. And I, and I I and I agree with that, but there has been the different takes and the different kind of modes that they've changed with the you know the showrunners especially that they've moved from one showrunner to another and and the style and the view and the look and stuff like that has worked. Yeah, there, there are there's there's like formulas that they that they stick to. Uh, I mean, yeah. particularly there's a um, I was I was looking on the Walking Dead uh, subreddit earlier on today, and there oh, was right, a, okay. a post from. Um, couple of weeks ago on there where somebody's done like a an infographic kind of um picture where it's got every walking dead villain group ever and it's got a big bad boss where it's got a picture of the governor negan uh alpha and then uh pope from the new series mean lieutenant and they've you know they've each got a mean lieutenant morally conflicted henchman and someone undercover from the main group and it's really obvious when it's pointed out that yeah they've they've stuck to, they've they've got a framework and it works yeah. but the ramones had a framework 
And, well, uh, you know, <laughs> ACDC have a framework. That doesn't mean it's bad. ACDC and the Ramones are amazing, and I really enjoy The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm going to get this on the Walking Dead podcast, but yeah, The Edge has a framework in delay. So, <laughs> he does. You know, he does. He has not a very good... Not good. eighth delay, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think um, I think we've we've done enough like hedging around it. So should we should we talk uh, about the show in a bit more spoilery with, with, and, and with more detail? So uh, yeah, if you're listening now and you haven't watched it, it's on you, Mark. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's do this. So um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Mark. Mark Adams was supposed to be with us today, but he hasn't managed to watch the show. So <laughs> that's kind of a bit of a problem. Uh, Mark Adams is is on the podcast network and he's with us on the Shipwrecked and Comatose Red Dwarf podcast. So yes, okay, thanks, Mark. See you later. <laughs> okay, so I think the best thing to do for for me, especially you, you've obviously been on the Reddit and stuff like that. I've written on the back of a piece of paper <laughs> <laughs> because I've had no time this week, so I've uh, I, I'm I'm just going to wing it like I normally do. Got a gun approach. <laughs> yeah, it's got a good approach. But I think some of the themes, some of the stuff that's happened, I think the obvious thing to maybe start with is is Maggie and Negan. They've had a very interesting uh, relationship yeah. right through. And what I find really fascinating with um, 11A is that they've painted Maggie into a bit of a corner and get, tried to give more empathy towards Negan. Yeah. Uh, and I've switched that right towards the end of the show. But... They've done a very common sense approach with Negan. Negan's kind of like just being him. He's saying all the right things, especially the first two part episode. He's yeah. saying all the right things, but nobody wants to be with him because of what he's done in the past. I don't think they handled it well, um, okay. in uh, particularly in the first episode. You've got the the group that are going off to try and get some food, um, so they're going going down into the the Washington D.C. tunnels. You've got. Um, it's like Maggie, Daryl, Alden, some of Maggie's mates from her um, previous place where she'd gone off to for years while she wasn't actually in the show. Negan and Gabriel, basically. And the characters that have interacted sort of all right with Negan over the last few series all seem to have turned up their anger to, like, 11. I thought it was jarring uh, how venomous they were being with him. It's totally justifiable and totally understandable that they would have that attitude, but they should have been like that previously, and it seemed um, inconsistent. And is it is it inconsistent or devil's advocate? Is it because Maggie's in the room? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
it didn't seem that they were acting it up because she was there to me. It seemed like they were like, no, we fucking hate you. You're a bell end. Um, you know, you, you, we don't trust you. We don't want to be there with you. Despite the fact that, yeah, he was, they'd all have been dead if it wasn't for him. Cause he had, he, he's a survivalist. He knows, you know, what he's doing. And he, he kept mm. them alive. All it seemed to do was it was just telegraphing the fact that there was going to be some kind of massive plot point between Negan and Maggie. And at the end of the episode, there was, because there was the the bit where they're escaping from the walkers, they're all running, they're having to get, they're down in the Washington DC tube tunnels, which I know very well from Fallout 3. And... uh, (laughs) They all have to climb up on this this uh, train carriage, and just as they're getting there, Negan gets up for uh, before Maggie does. Everyone else is already on there. She's at the back of the uh, the queue to get there, and she slips. And Negan has this chance to help her. What you would expect to happen would be Negan's going to help her, and it will be part of his sort of redemption arc. But what actually happens is he's like. No, you've all been fucking twats to me today. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to fucking leave you there. And just as far as he's concerned, she's going to get killed by walkers there and then. But he justifies that, and you can't really argue with it. She's been saying the whole time that, you know, sooner or later, I am going to kill you. So it's, like I said, he's a survivalist. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, sort of the episodes as as it goes on, I mean, towards the back end of the season when he, he actually does turn around and say, I, I made a mistake. I should have killed you all. Yeah, you know it. It, 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 it I wouldn't say it felt flat, but it just didn't really land where I think they wanted it to yeah. land for me. It didn't. It was like, well, yeah, we've had this two in the fro between Maggie and, and Negan. How is that ever going to resolve itself? I do like the aspects of Maggie when she's saying like, I don't know if I can keep up my end of the bargain. Yeah, yeah. I say I understand that. I understand that. You know, she's saying, well, I've made this deal with the devil, pretty much. That's what she's basically saying. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, this is the deal. You know, we're, we're here to help each other. Let's get through it. Um, and then she's saying, I don't know. And I think there's a, there's a good element to that. Um, you're right. Some of the, the trailers were kind of alluding to the fact there's going to be this massive Maggie Negan kind of aspect and how they're going to get on together. And I didn't watch it. I, like I never watch trailers, if I can help it. I At the end right. of the episode, as soon as it starts going... Next week on The Walking Dead, I switch it off because yeah. I don't because yeah. they they do have a habit of spoiling things. Um, I believe from some of the things that I read on uh, Reddit that the next uh, part of the season they did a trailer for right after the episode, which showed some people had survived that were in the cliffhanger of I wonder if they'll survive, and it you know showed them it within thirty seconds of the the credits ending. It's not like when Mulder ends up on the bottom of a train car, you don't know for 18 months whether or not he's exactly. going to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've got the internet now. <laughs> we didn't have then. <laughs> so so, so there's, there is an element of, of of that with Maggie and Negan. I mean, there was, there's, there's scenes, there's, there's conversations that they have, which, you know, whether or not Negan is right, do, do we just leave them? Do we just have, you know, there was that moment in the in the house, wasn't there, where they said, we'll meet, we're waiting for everyone to arrive and, Negan was saying, look, we've got to get the food back to whatever little we've taken. And what do you think of those debates between Negan and, and Maggie and, and how they, they interacted post the, you know, the Acheron stuff? 
you know, after after that episode, it improved. Um, it was just the sort of heavy handedness right at the start of the series it was so jarring from from how it was previously. Um, I think they did do a fairly good job of exploring the relationship between the two of them. It's really difficult to see how they are going to resolve it if both of them survive. I suspect that they possibly won't both survive. I don't. Th- I think that later on in part B or C of the season. I think Negan will die in some kind of heroic sacrifice. It's really fucking predictable if that is what happens, and I'll be a little bit disappointed, but I really wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he's going to die in the uh, the courtyard in the cliffhanger of what's just you know just happened at the end of the last episode because uh, they've got a red shirt there, and he's going to be the one that dies. I think the the final episode cliffhanger. I actually. The whole season, as we said, with with um, with the way they were having to film it from COVID, all of the everyone was split up into groups, so there were sort of three different threads, yeah, running through the season. So you'd got the the group with uh, Maggie and Negan and that lot fighting against the Reapers, um, which the Reapers were the group that uh, while Maggie was off screen. For a couple of seasons, she was living in a uh, a settlement somewhere else. The Reapers were the group that came and attacked that settlement, took it over, um, stole all their food, and uh, that's why she had to retreat back to the hilltop. Turned up just in time to help fight against the Whisperers. The problem that I had with the Reapers was, uh, or the first couple of episodes, I was I wasn't I was a bit confused about what was happening. What was like, what, what, why are we looking for food again? Because I hadn't, you know, I was like, "What? Where are we? Why are we in Subway? Why are we doing this?" <laughs> well, um, if you if you want some food, sometimes you do go to Subway. Yeah, um, well, that's to, true. You know, that's true. Meatball marinara sub and all that. But the, but let's but yeah, but let's let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the the, the three aspects of it because you've got um the the the, the thing for me that that stand that seems to stand out is that you've got the Commonwealth who have got everything. And yeah. they've got, uh, you know, they've got the, you know, the the structure. They've got, you know, rites of passage to get through. Got... They are a uh, an organization of, I believe, it's about fifty thousand, or it might even be five hundred thousand uh, people uh, in the Commonwealth. So they they are a a big civilization, um, and they've they've set up governments and and that kind of thing, and they're that's the main. That's going to be the main thing for this season. I think they're going to wrap the Reapers up within one or two episodes in the next bit. Um, that's the only bit that's um, come from the comics. Uh, so the, yeah. the other bits aren't. So the Reapers aren't in the comics at all. And uh, the other bit, which is the people staying back at Alexandria um, and there being lots of storms and um, walkers uh, breaking through the walls and that kind of thing doesn't happen so much in the comics at that point they've they've worked out how to fix the walls a lot better than they seemingly have in uh in in the, the series yeah. but yeah the, but so- yeah but but that's that's what i was what i was getting at though because the commonwealth obviously you've got the money you've got the wealth you've got the food you've got everything you need you've got the people who are out in like the subway and like the look at you know the houses they, they were trying to find some food everyone seems yeah. he's looking for the for the food for the alexandrians who are at home so it's like that dichotomy of like you know the rich and the poor kind of 
you know, Blade Runner-esque in some ways, that you've got this dichotomy of two separate civilizations that, and then you've got the Reapers who are kind of like just, you know, seem seem like a throwaway. That's what I mean by earlier yeah. at the beginning. It felt like, okay, well, we wrapped that up in 11A. That was kind of like, all right, well, while we're setting up Commonwealth, let's just have something else there. That's, that's what I felt with that's what I felt yeah. with the with the Reapers. Yeah, so that you've got um this this food stash that they're trying to get to. Um because Alexandria has got less than a week's um food supply left. This whole um section of the season, I, I checked online on the timeline. There's a quite a good um on the Walking Dead wiki, there's a, a timeline of exactly how many days since the um zombie apocalypse started, um everything takes place. And this is, um, it's over a, uh, it's like five day period. It might be six days, this entire um, right. series block. So yeah, they, they've gone out to try and find food. They've got to try and get it back from the Reapers. have, have got it all in their cupboard, which is quite fantastically labeled food store, <laughs> which was really <laughs> useful. How are they going to find it otherwise? Yeah. Oh, food store. Brilliant. That'll do. I strongly suspect that it either won't be in there when they, you know, finally kill off the Reapers and, and get to the food. I think that the Alexandrians are all going to have to just give up with Alexandria and move to the Commonwealth. Um, yeah, no, I, I felt I felt that. I definitely felt that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the talk about Reapers in a second. So, so as a, as. As a story, then, as you say, with the fact that it's five or six days that food is dwindling, I didn't even really realize until the finale. I was like, oh, they're going for food. Right, okay. <laughs> I, I was like, all right, okay. I just thought they were just, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know if it was just, was I was I the walking dead at that point? I've just been watching the episode. Um, I think I was more fascinated with diff- different parts of it. I mean, I did like, I, I really liked the um, the stuff with with. Um, Daryl and and the Reapers and the Pope stuff. I actually thought yeah. it was interesting, but the overall story of like what they are and why we're talking about them, I didn't I didn't really catch on. But um, so they're they're basically ex soldiers, so they've got all their sort of uh, I think they were special ops soldiers, so they're you know like elite, best of the best. Uh, they would uh, they were I think the the backstory said they were in Afghanistan um, before the uh the outbreak and then they just come home and then zombies turned up they've you know they're they're very they're not a massive group um it's it's a bit vague how many there is and there seem to be more and more of them appearing in the final episode that hadn't been there for the rest of the series <laughs> um i think i i gathered that there was probably i reckon there's about 30 of them altogether but they are particularly skillful so they are yeah. you know that that's how they're surviving with being such a small group well, what did you think so, so just to, if we put this out there then the 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 way that they did with commonwealth so like you've got eugene and we'll talk about them in a bigger section but yeah, yeah. the just the general concept um way that that eugene princess and ezekiel had to go through the motions to get through to the commonwealth but you've got um daryl doing the same thing so daryl's doing this like it's mirroring isn't it a little bit it mirrored the, the episode quite a quite a lot where there was like, like a in, moment where initiation sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so they, we had that initiation which we'll talk about in a second but we had that initiation there's other things that mirrored as well there was like um 
which we'll talk about for sure, the horror episode, where you've got Connie and Virgil in a house and you get a lot of quiet place aspects of like you can't hear stuff because you're in Connie's mind. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. But on the flip side, I think I saw in Dan, uh, Den of Geek where one of the reviewers was like, then you've got Daryl who's then having to make a noise for the people who are being quiet downstairs and it's almost like a role reversal yeah. in that episode. But the initiation ritual that, that Daryl has to go through, that stuff that he has to do, very 24-esque in, in some ways, you know, the fact that he has to watch the torture and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you've got Eugene and the Commonwealth and, and all that, which is a separate issue, which mirrored. But what did you make to the Daryl infiltration element of this season? Yeah, it, it was it was good. Um, I thought, because obviously Daryl had got the uh the previous relationship with with Leah because there was a an, an earlier episode where I think it was only one episode that she was in previously um where he had gone wandering off found this woman um in living in a, a shack in the forest somewhere who'd got a dog uh he ended up looking after the dog because that's where dog came from yeah it, it, it basically it was like Daryl's got a girlfriend for a bit but then they went their separate ways. Uh, the first bit where the Reapers are all attacking them in the forest did look a little bit like a Slipknot concert. Um, <laughs> well, they'd all got different different masks on. Um, you know, a few more knives than uh, you'd hope that there would be at a Slipknot concert. There's not usually that many people getting stabbed, uh, but sometimes quite a good mosh pit. Obviously, she got the mask on, but then Dog goes over to her, and he's like, the fuck are you doing, Dog? And Dog's like, it's Leah, isn't it? It's like, oh, right, cool. <laughs> so he goes off with her and, and tries to make out that while he travelled with Maggie for a day or two, he doesn't really know her, and then tried to sort of infiltrate the group that way. But I had to get into some pretty... I mean, it, it wasn't just um, that he was watching the torture. He was participating in it. Yeah. Like, he, he cut that other dude's finger off. It, but it was interesting as well because that other dude, whoever he may well be, did we know him before? Do we, have we seen him in he, backstory? Uh, that was Frost. He was one of Maggie's mates um, that she'd been in this other uh, settlement with. Okay, was it on e- was it on Easy Street? Uh, no, no, that was uh, <laughs> no, that was that was series before series before. You know what I mean? That was ages ago. I know it was, but I just I just needed to get it in I, I, because this is you know we might be talking about B and C, but I need to get all the stuff that's been bottled up inside me out. <laughs> so you know if we're on Easy Street, you know which I absolutely I, I literally did play that song eighteen hours a day. And it wasn't torture to me. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that song. Just was to everybody else that was in the room with you. It was, yeah. yeah. Especially when we have a half who doesn't watch it and then all she heard was, What are you putting that on for? I was like, Yeah, it's kind of like a torture technique. But um <laughs> but yeah, so it's I mean you've got the waterboarding, you've got stuff that he's had to do, very Jack Bauer esque, but obviously but it did feel to me that Frost the way that Frost was played, it was like, I know you have to do this as yeah. well. And I think that's the difference to twenty four on this is that the torture scene in this was like You've got to do what you've got to do. I, I I get where you are, and it was such a interest. I thought that was really interesting. Those moments that Daryl had to do to infiltrate that group. Yeah, it, I I didn't really think of it of it that much. Yeah, because because he's such a frost was such a red shirt that he he was a completely 
generic character that I had no, you know, feelings for in any way, no connection. So it was just like, he was just, he was torture fodder is what he was there for. But thinking about it, if you were in his situation, it'd be really hard not to go, he's one of us. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, let the rest of them know very, very easily uh, so that, you know, spread spread the torture a bit because <laughs> it because even, even when he went past him he could have easily gone like that oh, oh daryl's here you know and yeah. you know could have spoiled it and it just felt like there was a bit of unease there that were kind of like is that going to get released are we going to find that information oh you're right daryl how's it going yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what they're going to do because other tv shows would wouldn't they? they'd go yeah uh, but daryl how are we going to get out of here how are we going to do this how are we going to do that and he was just very kind of like straight laced understood where he was and what he needed to do um, and then obviously, you know, you get the scenes, like you say, where he had to cut the finger off and he just looked at him and, and I thought that was, that was interestingly and well done. It, it kind of gives you that kind of, well, they'll do anything to protect themselves. And if Frost knows that Daryl seems to be infiltrating the group for the greater good of them, yeah, then it puts his character in a new light really, doesn't it? The greater good. The greater good. The greater good. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about Pope then, Pope and Leah, because that's an interesting. You talk about them being ex, you know, because you're right. Leah came in on season ten with the whole COVID individual episodes, yeah, yeah. wasn't she? So that's where she came from. Uh, a very good episode. I enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was uh, quite a lot. Uh, I liked all. I pretty much liked all of the COVID ones. Um, yeah, so it's almost like an anthology series, which they are going to do as one of the spin-offs later on. There's going to be. I think it's called Stories from the Walking Dead or something like that. Right. The, one of the other uh, things that they've announced that they're going to do is uh, Daryl and Carol having their own spin-off series, which kind of lets you know that he's going to survive the uh, attack in the courtyard at the end. <laughs> Unless it's a prequel, you never know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, Paul... Pope as a as a leader, you know, we've talked you've talked about this earlier in the episode. There's like a um where where should we put them in this in the in this like guess who of like, oh we'll put him at the top and we'll put the lieutenant in and we'll put this person in. Um so he's very stock. But what do you make to his belief system? And you know, he is he is coming from Afghanistan, like you say. So, yeah. is there an element of that that's kind of like included into his character? Um, the brand new character as well. So, yeah, I think that's mostly the training is the the soldier side of thing. Um, the the religious side of things. I think every now and again you need a religious nutter in <coughs> a horror series. <laughs> that's pretty much the best description I can think of for him, because he's uh, you know quoting the Bible and then. Uh, Chucking somebody in a bonfire and things like that, quite Old Testament rather than <laughs> and just a little bit. What was what was interesting actually before we get into a bit more Pope is um, that set up what we had with Father Gabriel. There was that that yeah. scene where they were like he was outside the compound and we heard um, someone preaching, and um, Father Gabriel was stood there. And there was some really good, um, you know, blocked shots in in that where Father Gabriel was like behind the bushes and stuff. I thought that was really good. I, I, I did wonder if at one point they were going to go up to each other and do like a secret priest hang, handshake. And it'd be <laughs> yeah. like, I oh, caught cool, like, like the, the Freemasons. But um, yeah, there was a lot of tension in that scene. Um, mm. and, and that would probably have broken it. So best not. 
<laughs> oh yeah, father, are you talking to me? Because I think obviously as well, there is. I felt I don't know about you, but I felt that the way because he was saying father, that you're thinking, is he talking to Gabriel? Does yeah. he know he's there? There was there was an element of that which I thought was yeah. genius. Actually, I thought it worked really well. The the other thing, I th- main thing I think about Pope is he looks like an evil version of one of my friend's dads. <laughs> 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 fair news, fair news. But there is this this religious thing. I mean, it's, as well, it's like so their group, the Reapers, as a group, uh heavily well trained. Like you've said, the you know yeah. SAS or you know whatever the uh, Navy SEALs or whatever they yeah, may yeah. well have been you know at the time, depending on which country you're from. Um, little of which Lee is is a part of them. Um. So they're the tight knit group. They, they do have that mantra, don't know. They you know once once you're together, you're together. So that they've got that natural like they'll do anything for each other. Yeah. But to bring in that religious, as you say, the zealot kind of as, aspect to the to the episode to the episodes and the reapers themselves, and to bring Pope in and to do that Old Testament stuff of like showcasing that Daryl's in danger. That's the only reason why he's yeah, yeah. done really is to show that fact that you know Daryl's on the edge of like being one discovered, two not being discovered, or or even potentially taken over. And there's a scene as well, isn't there? That's like um, in one of the warehouses where I think Daryl gets sent on an away mission or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but um, and Daryl gets sent away, and it's like, all right, it's going to be interesting to see where this lands. So, but the fact that Pope is getting to this point that that people are seeing that he's he's, he's unraveling, you know, the, the, there's definitely yeah. an unraveling happening, and they're still sticking with him, and I found that that was interesting that they didn't really delve into that a bit more than what they did, apart from just the, the end where Leah obviously decides, you know, enough is enough, I'll take the lead. Yeah, well, that, um, that's it. It's, it's he's They've been going on the whole thing about um, family and, uh, you know, how nothing's more important than, than looking after their family and each other. And then he, I mean, he's already thrown one of them in a bonfire at some point, and then he's being perfectly happy to sacrifice one of the other guys to the walkers earlier on in uh, the previous episode. And then he's perfectly willing to fire the watcher. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, which is an excellent weapon. Uh, it's just basically a firework display. Yeah. Um, do you get that in Fallout 3? Uh, it might be one of the DLCs, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's perfectly willing to fire that into the courtyard where a lot of their their family are. And she's like, I'm not going to let you do that. So she 
kills him and then blames it on uh, Daryl. I mean, it's the it's the Batman thing, isn't it? It's Christopher Nolan's Batman, um, The Dark Knight, isn't it? It's like, put it on which, me, put it on me. And then, which uh, Pope was in that film? The actor was he? Yeah, I was. I was trying to look it up because it uh, it was really bugging me um, where I recognised him from, other than my friend's dad. And <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. He played um, the uh, Chechen. Uh, drug lord oh in, right okay uh, in dark knight and that was 11 years ago he's aged a fuck of a lot in that 11 years <laughs> he looks about 30 years older than he did mm. then <laughs> oh, man. yeah i mean i'm don't get me wrong I, there's, there's, it's not the same but it, it feels like that kind of aspect of like right okay well i'm gonna let you get away because i do have feelings for you but at the same time it's like I'm looking after my family, you know, move on kind of thing. Whereas the Dark Knight, obviously, he's saying, you know, you can blame me. I can, I yeah. can be the person you need me to be, uh, not the person, you know. So, um, so I found that that was thing, and obviously the, you know, we'll send the wolves after you. You know, the wolves don't appear in this episode. In this episode, though, do they? Uh, well, they they did surprisingly in one of them, but it was a dream. <laughs> but yeah, so Leah taking over. I mean, do you think that? As you said with B and C, do you think it's going to be quite fast lived that one? I yeah, I I I suspect that it will be halfway through the next block uh, that they will have completely dispatched the uh, the Reapers, and it will mm. be concentrate because there's not only the Commonwealth, there's also the um, is it CCM, uh, which is the organisation with the the three circles logo. Um, who have got the helicopters and have taken Rick away? Right. They they've got to surely they've got to appear at some point, right? Yeah. Um, and they've they've got what twelve episodes left of yeah. of the whole thing, so they're going to have to get them in there at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's two scenarios I can think of: either the Commonwealth and the CCM are connected. Or there's a conflict between the two of them. Oh yeah, I mean you could say that potentially because obviously, it, it, like you said with the comics, they're not attached to the comics. They use the themes or they use yeah. things that happen to one character and don't happen to another. Yeah, the, um, the, or, the, the CCM so. aren't in the comics at all. Yeah, um, Rick's in it till the final issue, um, and he's in the Commonwealth. Well, t- talking of, talking of Rick. Um, Judith, Judith in this season, uh, this part of the season, has uh, a few moments. One with Rosita. Um, Rosita's one of my favourite characters. I am Team Rosita, by the way, just so you're aware. <laughs> and when she goes outside and, yeah, that was that was, that was was something else. Rosita's berserker moment. Yeah, I absolutely adore that. I was like, yes, because I think she's underserved in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, that, that would, in an earlier series, that would have been Rick. But she's she yeah. took that role on really really well. She did, she did. Yeah, I, I, I think if, if people go back through my Twitter feed, they might see that I have a fascinating. Again, I, I tend to attach myself to certain women, <laughs> certain <laughs> TV shows, and uh, Rosita is is my is my uh, my go to in in Walking Dead. Um, but yeah, she 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 does go goes full samurai. But yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm, and we look talking about Judith. I mean, Judith goes through a, a range of emotions. You get Rosita at the on the porch. You've got um, 
Judith trying to like help the other children and like sort of learn, getting them learn on all the the water scenes in in the basement. Uh, you get the quite emotional scenes with her, um, and hey. you also get the, some of the touch the touchstones of like Rick and Michonne as well because you know these are things, especially Walking Dead that. And I think it goes to what you were saying before about certain characters that you forget in some ways. Like Judith's just been there, and she's been there for quite some time now. Yeah. So it's like the fact that you know that not a lot of time passes. It's a bit like what Lost did. Lost had like a full season, and only like four days would pass. And yeah, you're like, yeah. well, I mean, that's 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 an over exaggeration, but that's kind of what Walking Dead does. It like you say, it happens over five or six days. So, um, what do you think to Judith in 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 the episode in the episodes that she appears in in this one? Because it is touching upon that. I think she's really good. I, I I've I don't know if it's because I've got a young daughter myself, but I think that she's she's a brilliant character, and uh, the actor that plays her, whose name I have absolutely no fucking idea about. No, um, and she was in Loki. She was in Loki recently. Yes, she was. She's fucking brilliant. She's yeah. really, really good. She portrays the character brilliantly. And um I mean obviously she is um she's taken on what Carl did in the comics. Because yeah. uh, Judith dies in the prison with her mum in uh, in the comics. Um <laughs> they both get shot by the governor. Um, right. Okay. So that's when she's a baby. So she she doesn't become this character in, in the comics at all. She's uh it's it, you know, purely a um, a TV thing, and and she's great. Um, I think she's supposed to be like eight or nine years old, and the the kind of yeah, because I think the time jump was six. Was it six years? The time jump? I think so. There's some some of the older kids are playing with some walkers through a hole in the fence, and she yeah. comes over because she's knows what the stakes are, and they're they're getting really complacent. She comes over and basically. As a go at them, and they just completely bully her back. They smash mm. up um, the thing that's got her brother's handprints and stuff on it. That's you know her dead brother's handprints is a thing from when he was alive that uh, obviously means a lot to her. Yeah, and uh, I think she she plays it really really well. And uh, mm. uh, Kaylee Fleming, Kaylee Fleming is the actress that, that's that we're her. talking about. So yeah, um, I. I I suspect that the um, the final episode will end with her in the future. Yeah, she looks badass with uh, a dad sheriff hat and uh, Michonne's sword. <laughs> it is very it, that is very comic booky, isn't yeah. it? The fact that she's got them. Um, yeah, and I, I just thought that the I think she's she's had quite a bit to do in in just small chunks as well. It hasn't been yeah like overly wrought with stuff it's just been those moments of i say rosita on the porch that you've got the the water scene in the basement you've got that scene against the wall uh you know and you've got some like really moving mo- mo- moments but also some action pieces for her as well so i thought that that um that she she worked really well in that now going back to my piece of paper <laughs> um it's um the one thing i just wanted to mention just going back to uh, yeah. So let's say the the end scene with the Reapers. Yeah. Um, and you talked about the arrows and the, what was it called again? The hawk. The Hawacha. The Hawacha. Um, there was an interesting take on what they've learned from the Whisperers because there's the Whisperers scene 
which the Reapers don't know. And I quite like the fact that we knew that and what they were doing. Yeah. And we're on the other side of the fence with that, literally the other side of the fence with that. Yeah. Um, that we knew what they were doing. But also Maggie's having to learn how to do it. I thought that was that was an interesting thing with Negan. I know that culminated in Negan's story where he says, you know, the fact that, um, you know, he should have killed them all. But um, but bringing the the learnings from the Whisperers, I thought, was was intriguing. Well, that, that's it. They were a bunch of complete psychos, but there's stuff you can learn from complete psychos. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it you know, it's a useful survival technique. And it's, I was going to say it's less gross than covering yourself in uh, the, the zombie guts that they've uh, done sporadically, but I'm not sure if it is because you're wearing but someone in someone's else's face. face. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's and not. Did, it's, did he, Negan said something like, don't do it on someone you like or something. He said something like that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I've, I've not memorized that bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there was something along those lines of like make sure you chose cho- choose the right face or you know something like that. So yeah, you have to you have to get someone that's slightly bigger than you, so that it it fits properly. That's that's yeah. what I've always had to do anyway. Whenever yeah. I've uh, worn the skin of someone else's face, which has only been a couple of times. Yeah, and she definitely needed it tightened up because you know she was falling over, over all over the place. Yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, so let's talk about. The horror episode. Yes. So, um, what was that episode called? Now it was um, uh, on the inside. Yes. So, so what? As I said, what um, I think I read it on Den of Geek were alluding to is that you've got this kind of horror episode in itself, but the dichotomy between Daryl being uh, being quite noisy and and the the rest of our group, Alexander, yeah. is having to be quiet underneath and. Yeah, He's so the so the problem. Daryl has gone off with um, Leah and some of the other Reapers to try and find where um, where Maggie and that lot and Maggie and Negan and that were hiding, and it was in this house that they were in, sort of in the basement. So yeah, um, Daryl's having to sort of uh, bluff that he's searching everywhere while he's signalling to them that. He knows they're there, and he's gonna, mm. you know, try and misdirect them, which he does quite successfully, uh, amazingly, because <laughs> that trapdoor was not difficult to spot. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, what I particularly like about this episode is that, you know, you might get on other TV shows. I'm thinking about the sister, the the, uh, the episode in Stranger Things where they go off into a completely different city and it's completely oh, yeah. separate. Um, or bottle you know, episode. Yeah, like like the bottle episode. There's some great, great episodes. Leftovers. I've recently watched Leftovers, and there's the uh, International Assassin, which is an incredible piece of television. You know, I'm so glad I've watched that episode. But sometimes people can be a bit like, "Oh, it's that episode where they go off and do this." What I feel quite thing about this episode, it was completely not the left field and bizarre. Um, as you get to the final third of act of or the fifth act, yeah. depending on how you view television acts. Um, with everything that was happening, but it felt like it fit. It didn't like it didn't feel out of place. It felt like the story was continuing, but it was just a real left field thing happening. Well, you got a bit of foreshadowing earlier on in the series because Maggie told a story about how she'd found these um, like feral people in the woods um, in a house, and they'd, she'd gone round and there were like um, women that they'd. Uh, 
basically captured, tortured, and uh, impregnated. And then, uh, so that there was a bit in that story where it's confirmed that uh, unborn babies in the womb can become zombies. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so she's it. It was almost a bit of a throwaway thing, her saying that, and then a few episodes later, that house is clearly what they've they've stumbled across. It was. It's an amazing episode, but you've got to sort of suspend your disbelief a bit because <laughs> just a little bit. This yeah. this um, feral family, they're like full on um, last house on the left, um, Texas Chainsaw Mask sort of level of uh, of feral yet can still uh, operate things to set traps that, like, move walls and things like that in a house. Yeah. Which you'd, you'd expect that you'd need sort of Eugene-level intelligence to rig all that kind of thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the the uh, the fact that it's, I mean, it's the return of, of Connie, who has been away since the uh, storyline where there was a, a cave in, in the Whisperer's Cave, where you thought she was gone. Then mm. earlier in the series, um, some whispers said they'd seen her. So uh, people went to look for her. And then um, she somehow met up with, with Virgil, who was a guy that I had forgotten about. I was like, who's this guy? And then looked it yeah. up and was like, he, oh, he, right, he's the guy that Michonne met. It was a bit yeah, crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, he was the one I remembered most. I was like, I actually remember who he is. But I think my thing with Virgil was... Hang on a second. Where did we leave him? Yeah, that, that was more. That was more my thing. It was like, right, okay. Why is he with Connie? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was that kind of aspect more than anything else for me. I I think what had happened is Michonne had told him where Alexandria was, and he was heading back to it. She was also heading back to it, and they met up on the way. But that's not mentioned. That's just me guessing yeah. that head, that's... head cannon. In. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, obviously, um, Connie is deaf. So she communicates in sign language, which Virgil doesn't know. So there mm. was a bit um, where um, Kelly, Connie's sister, finds um, a notebook in the woods where they've been communicating using that, but they've obviously had to flee there and left the notebook behind. So when they're in this creepy haunted house with uh, crazy feral dudes all over the place, um, they're trying to communicate with, with each other and in a lot of cases completely failing to understand each yeah. other. And there are bits in the sound design, which you, you mentioned earlier, where it goes completely silent when it's from Connie's point of view. Yeah. It's either silent or, or like the muffled, like she yeah. would maybe hear kind of thing, yeah. And it's absolutely stunning the way that they've done it. It's... uh. It kept my attention, you know. It's it's one of those ones where you're watching right on the edge of your seat, and it's yeah, it's it's genuinely, um, like I said at the start, the best um, horror episode that they've done since the uh, the whispers first appeared. Yeah, and I think um, for me, I mean, I have a really weird thing with horrors. Like, I don't really, I, well, definitely not a slasher movie fan. At all. It's just it's just not me. It, it, I, yeah. But psychological stuff, like quite, and I don't really watch that much movie wise to like to have a, a vocabulary in this kind of field. Yeah. So, so bear with me on this. But uh, like, I watched Quiet Place one and two of late. I watched Quiet Place yeah. two at my work in my cinema at work, and I found them fascinating. I really like Quiet Place two. They're um, great. Yeah, 
but this, the psychological aspects is what I really like. I like the yeah. build up attention. I like the, the sound design of stuff. I love the thing, but I'm not bothered about the the CGI and not the CGI, the the make the prosthetic effects that they made and stuff yeah. like that. It's the it's the psychological aspect that I really dig. And um, this one again, it was kind of like that. And then when it got to like the final third, I was a bit less enthused. But the, all the scenes in like the doorways and stuff like that, and you're not quite sure where she is. The moments where you've got the pinhole looking through the window was kind of very yeah. X Files. You know, there's the, that kind of thing is what I am drawn to more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but it was quite fun watching zombies versus those feral women. <laughs> it was that was quite fun, but it's not really something I would be looking for. But the, I'd say the Connie stuff I think worked really, really well. The close-ups, the way that Greg Nicotero's the, the director on this one. So I think he was he was the director, was he the writer? Uh, yeah, he, he directed it. Yeah. So. Um, and he's he's been renowned from watching Talking Dead. He's been renowned for some of the best episodes, and yeah, yeah, you know, and it, and it, you can tell it's in his wheelhouse that it, you can imagine that the reason why he's been given that one, yeah, because he is literally that it, it's his perfect uh, vehicle, and I, and I would definitely say yes, it's up there um, as as a as a showpiece, you know, as as a one yeah. that you go, oh, remember that episode from season eleven A, because it does have that hallmark, and uh, yeah, and I, and I found I found that really fascinating. I, I did. Some of the, as you say, some of the traps are a bit like, even though the effect was good, it was like, what is this house? <laughs> I mean, yeah. who built this up? Where, where's where are these walls coming from? I mean, who would even build stuff like that? Well, H.H. Um, Holmes, but uh, yeah, he wouldn't then be all feral because he was a very accomplished doctor and serial killer. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Um, yeah, so anything else to say on the horror episode then? Uh, not so much. Um, I've, I think we've pretty much covered everything, really, for for that particular episode. Let's talk about the Commonwealth yes. and the stuff happening there, because you've got Princess, you've got uh, I can never remember. I always you come. I can't remember her y- name. Yumiko. Yumiko. Yeah, I always get the U and M wrong way around. Um, Yumiko, and um, and I have to say. Ian Anthony Dell's character, who was in Hawaii Five O, I used to watch Hawaii Five O, and that's, his accent. Oh my god! So that's that's Yumiko's brother, who she yes, uh, her long lost brother, who when they're getting in there, she finds a, they've got a wall with missing people on it, and uh, her pictures on it. That is in the comics. That's Michonne, uh, and it's actually uh, Michonne's daughter, right. who is living there, uh, and Michonne is a lawyer. In the comics, right? Oh, right. Okay, right. So uh, Yumiko has totally got the Michonne part for for this particular sort of uh, story arc. But yeah, it's, so you got um, Eugene, Ezekiel, uh, Yumiko, and Princess are all uh, they're basically sort of going through processing for the first bit, being sort of interrogated and that kind of thing. Mm. I think Princess is one of my favourite characters. Um, I can imagine she would probably yeah. be really annoying to a lot of people. And <laughs> yeah. She might be really annoying if you knew her in real life, but in the show, I I love her. She's fantastic. And in the comics as well. Um, I was really excited when she turned up and they've got her. She's so well cast. Um, she's, she's really close to how she looks and how she acts in the comics. So uh I re I really liked the, the the moment where she's like saying, "Well, that person's going out with that person." Yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
They don't have. Yeah, how can you tell who they are? No, look at them. They can you can clearly tell that tell they're dating. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that, which I thought was great. So that they, they while they're in processing, there's uh, that leads to a massive plot hole because uh, they notice that these guys are going off um, to have sex, so they'll be out of their um, armor, and uh, they go and manage to get the armor off them. I don't know how they do that because they're in a fucking cage. Uh, <laughs> it's like how do they get out of that bit to get does doesn't get explained it's just one minute she points this out and then the next minute they're walking down the corridor wearing the armor and yeah. they don't get anywhere with it so they're, they're back in the cage within a couple of minutes later anyway but yeah they, they eventually get let into the commonwealth and they meet uh lance who's the the deputy governor for the commonwealth and he is another amazing bit of casting because he looks exactly like he does in the comics. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, right. The, the, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you have a look um, at the uh, pictures of him, the actor and the way he was drawn in the comics years ago, it's the same person. Princess for me was, was really good. I think, I think her, her um, thing with Ezekiel in the season 10, Stuff worked really well with that COVID, the COVID one. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the kind of the layers that are, that are instilled. So you've got people like psychologically testing them, haven't you? To, to yeah. just to see where they fit in. Like the the two dollar, I think it was a two dollar bill, one dollar bill, or something like that. So that money two, was two dollar bill that um, she's. It was the first money she ever earned. Um, yeah. So she's always kept it, and then they took it off her, and she was a bit annoyed. But then she gets it. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the psychological aspect of it, and obviously a Yumiko, you know, having that kind of um, status projects her into that, into the mode of of the, the Commonwealth, and eventually getting through. But meanwhile, you've got like the Eugene stuff as well. You know, the the fact that that was the whole reason. That is something that that has connected me. That Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was one of the things from previous seasons I do remember. The, the whole CB radio stuff, yeah. that's what linked them in the first place. That's the reason why they headed out there. Yes. And um, and, and the reveal of that uh, and Eugene and some of the stuff that he he was going through in this ep- in these episodes as well where, you know, it was really kind of torn at some points, but in other ways he played it down really well. Um, and I thought the that whole processing aspect and, you know, the way that the, it was it was delivered was really interesting. Um, and before we get into the second part of that, which was more of the stuff where it became, um, you know, more of a case of like 
uh, what's the best way of putting it? The, the, when they were getting into trouble, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but the whole processing bit with Eugene and Yumiko, uh, you know, how how do you think that 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 was portrayed and and given you like this kind of feel of like you know the the, the interviews, it kind of like the um, the American Idol kind of thing. You know, it was all kind of. <laughs> You know, sitting tables and all that kind of thing, wasn't it, really? So but what did you make to that? I like the fact that you were thinking American Idol and I was thinking, like, uh, Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know which, which one's worse. I was going to say, I don't know which one's worse. Um, it's, yeah, they, they were they were really psychologically breaking them down by repeatedly asking them the same questions. And uh, they were being generally very, very strong and and coping well with not giving away you know where they were from and you know alexandria and that kind of thing um they did a lot better than eugene did in the comics uh, <laughs> <laughs> i thought mercer was really good as well the uh the head of security yeah um how he was he was just sort of standing there and uh ezekiel was like this guy's been standing there the whole time you're actually in charge and uh, yeah. sort of like redirected himself to uh, to Mercer. He's a great character. I think he's he will end up being one of the the main characters that it will focus on for the rest yeah. of the series, probably. And uh, that's a good thing because because uh, he's great. And I think um, you know if we move on a little bit from the process and stuff. So Eugene, you know, he's trying he's trying to bring his friends into it effectively, and this is what gets him into trouble. But you have this kind of like the Yumiko stuff where she meets a bro- where she meets a brother. That's the whole reason why they stayed because they were going to go, but she walks past that dumpster and she sees the pictures, doesn't she? And that's that's the yeah, reason yeah. why we stay there. But um, you've got um, these. It's kind of like Eugene doing what he does, and then they end up clearing certain areas because they're expanding. Yeah, which I thought was was interesting. But then you've got um, the Ezekiel thing, and I think that's going to be really interesting playing out because he's been. He's almost like being bought in some ways because of now he's he's had the he's had the hospital treatment. He, he's you know he's feeling better. He's he's got he's got cancer, hasn't he? And and uh, they've started treating him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's gonna have a debt to them because he's probably gonna need more treatment later on. Yeah. And obviously they're a lot more uh, equipped to help him than anywhere outside. So you've got that's going to be something that will tie him to the Commonwealth. You've got uh, obviously Eugene with his girlfriend, whose name I've completely forgotten, who he was talking to on the. Oh, I, I try. I tried to avoid it when I was speaking before because I was like, I don't <laughs> remember the girlfriend's name, um, um, which is bugging me now. But never mind. Stephanie. Stephanie. That's her. Yeah, uh, he's obviously sort of uh, got that connection. And uh, Yumiko, obviously, she's got her her brother there, so that's that's three major ties that means that they've got a hold over them. Uh, Princess hasn't; they don't appear to have anything on her. Not interesting, yeah, as yet. So, and she's a bit of a loose cannon anyway. Although she does seem quite loyal, so I think if all of her friends are. Saying that they want to stay, then she may that that might be the uh, the leverage that they need, yeah, for her. But they've got to in some way. Some of them are going to have to go back 
to Alexandria to let the rest of them know where they are. So they've got to communicate with them in some way. It may be via radio, but uh, I, I think they'll get some information out of them and uh, the Commonwealth will check out Alexandria. It will definitely bring a lot more of them into that area later on in the, the next bits of series. Yeah, so what what I found interesting as well, it, it's I've seen it. One thing that I think the world needs to stop is algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> because you type in, like, you know, if I type in, because I've got a picture of Marilyn Monroe on my wallpaper here, because it's just got Hollywood, like, put wallpaper in my house, right? And for the next three weeks, I'll have, like, you know, the biography of Marilyn Monroe or, you know, <laughs> the, this DVD available in your Facebook feed or whatever. That what I have popping up all the time is the Walking Dead's most ridiculous character, or the Walking Dead's most <laughs> uh, you know, obscene character, and by that we mean a certain gentleman with his girlfriend, who uh, Eugene decides to hit. Yes. So that's obviously it mentions. Oh, one of the comic books main blah 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 does this and that and the other. So yeah, he was obnoxious. He was like, right. He saved. They saved him. They do explain and, who he is in the series, don't they? Yeah, I just can't remember who is. I can't remember who is. He's the son of Pamela Milton, uh, who is the governor yes. of um, the Commonwealth. Yeah. There's there's also the brilliant, um, very VHS-style uh, like promo video that Lance has got talking about the Commonwealth in one of the episodes, which mm. I thought was hilarious. Um They've used that almost exact same uh, trope in uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, right, okay. In series three of that, uh, Jeremiah Otto has got a uh, video about his ways to survive the apocalypse. And, right, uh, okay. I like stuff like that. <laughs> um, well, Shit's Creek use it as well. Uh, when, right. <laughs> in in Shit's Creek, there's a, there's a late season episode where um, one of the main characters, she has to do a, a video to show how much of a tourist spot Shits Creek is. Um, so they, they do that. And uh, I think we have that in the zombie episode of uh, of uh, What If as well. Yes, yes. Because, uh, yeah, Peter Parker makes one, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He does. So, yeah, so it is, it is something. I, I mean, I instantly went to the Shits Creek for one purely because I've not long watched that. Yeah. And uh, it was the Peter Parker one that was actually thinking about it, it wasn't my favorite episode of what if i've been honest with you but um and that was again linked in with um uh, the the walking dead itself wasn't it, that episode because it, a lot of the comic books were done by uh Rob, was it robert kirkman uh, robert or kirkman yeah Charlie Adlard. yeah yeah i think it might have been both of them right okay yeah so um so yeah so you've got um you you've got that 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 kind of you know you've upset you've upset someone who's quite powerful, uh, and Eugene obviously ends up where where he ends up. So, uh, is there anything from that then from the Commonwealth that you feel how you feel this is going to move into into the next season really, or the or the second part? Oh yeah, I I think. Um... Basically, with Eugene, they, they've got another bargaining piece there because otherwise yeah. he ain't going to get his freedom. So we know from Eugene in the past that he's uh, he's fairly weak-willed. Yeah. 
So they're, they're going to get the location of, uh, of Alexandria and, you know, Hilltop and the, the other settlements from, from Eugene, I reckon. Yeah. And I think that'll be fairly early on in the next uh, series block. Anything else on, on Commonwealth then that you can, that you have in, in your notes at all? I've, I've pretty much uh, finished my notes now. So, uh, have you? Just, oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I finished my notes hours ago. I've only got, I've only got, I've got a couple of Venn diagrams. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of speech bubbles. They, I, I think excited and interested to see where they go with it next, to see how much it sticks to, to the comics and see what they do with all of the other aspects that they either can't do from the comics or are completely new, which there are loads of. So, yeah. Uh, looking forward to February and hopefully we'll be, Back to talk about it more uh, at the end of the next block, I think. Yeah, it'd be interesting to come back to this because I don't think I could have done a, a full, you know, X cast all the time is now, which are the two um, you know podcasts that I'm doing, all the Red Dwarf yeah. on like we do. I'm not sure I could do that with Walking Dead. I think I'd, I'd struggle a little bit, but to do it in this format for scheduled programming, I think is, is quite nice to be able to talk about. I mean, I said at the top of the hour, I yeah. get to say The Walking Dead because people get really annoyed with me because I do that all the time see, whenever the, I mention it. See, the main thing I do is the uh, the walker noises, like... <laughs> right, I, I do okay. that at least once or twice an episode while I'm watching it. They are, okay, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, it's definitely... Season 10 and 11 have kind of got to me to the point where I feel like if it's not on the day of release it will be a couple of days afterwards because yeah. of, you know, schedules and stuff like that. You know, it, I think it's definitely brought me back to where I need to be. I think the, the couple of seasons before um, Angela Kang took over, that I, I was in a mode of like, I, I can I can forget Walking Dead. I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from it. But I'm not, I'm, I'm quite a completionist, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so yeah. I would have gone to it at some point, but um, it wasn't end up being that. But I am intrigued. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited or yeah, yeah. oh what's gonna happen next kind of thing because as i say I, up until 20 minutes ago i forgot what the ending was that 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 particular ending like like i said i after the episode uh had to look up to see in fact no it was the week after i was expecting there to right. be another episode the the following monday and there wasn't one i was like oh was that like, okay <laughs> so yeah I, I was expecting something a little bit bigger for for the block finale that's all right we've got more soon it's fine we have we've got two, two more of this yeah as i say i think i think reviewing it like this for me walking through the the season as a whole uh and picking up the bits i think obviously you're going to miss stuff doing it this way but at the same time you know it, it gives you the general overview and i, I quite liked uh, I've quite liked and enjoyed tonight because it's been able to to talk about it. There's not many people around my social circle that now watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. I know there's maybe a couple from work, but we've never we've talked about it a couple of years back, and we never went back. Yeah, yeah. So I could maybe mention to her, and she'll go, "Oh yeah, I'm still watching it," kind of thing. Or I don't know, but um, well, other got, things are taken. You've always got the danger in the workplace of spoiling it for other people around you. Like yeah. the, the other day when I was on episode. Uh, six out of nine of Squid Game, and there were people <sighs> sitting behind me loudly talking about the final episode. I had to turn around and go, 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a that is a thing. I think um, what the biggest problem for me at work at the moment is, is that the people who are walking out of No Time to Die oh, with yeah. the other people walking into No Time to Die, I'm like, oh no, oh no, don't start saying, I can't believe that. I was like, oh my God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it, so I don't know what it is. But then the last—you don't know what it is. No, the last James Bond film that I saw uh, had Timothy Dalton in it. I think. Right. I don't okay. think I've seen any. Yeah, I've not seen any of the Pierce Brosnan ones or uh, the dude that's in it now. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig. I've seen. I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones. I've seen Moonraker, and that is it. Oh, some of the early ones are great. I just haven't got around to watching any of them. <laughs> um, no, I, that's I wasn't, a different I wasn't. podcast, though. That's Tony a different will podcast. Probably do at some point. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that uh, I think unless you've got anything else, as you say, I think your notes have been expunged, have they? So they everything's have. gone. Okay. Um, so are you on any other podcasts, then, Colin? I am. Yeah. Well, are, uh, you? are you on a podcast with me? I am. Yeah, shipwrecked and comatose, which is a Red Dwarf podcast. Uh, with uh, with Kurt and Mark and Matt and Carl. Uh, not usually on the same episode with all of us, but uh, that's the uh, the boys from the shipwreck. Um, yeah. Well, we talk about different Red Dwarf episodes and anything Mark Adams can find, even tangent, tangentially. <laughs> what the fuck is that word? Even I don't know, but I was related. before you even said tangential. I actually thought tangential. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even slightly related, such as the fucking AA advert, Mark. What the fuck. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's meant to be out on this Thursday, and we haven't even arranged to record it. So <laughs> rock and roll. Uh, that's because you're working too much. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have. Uh, if you're more into the music side of things, I've got two music podcasts. Uh, we dig music, where it's me and my colleagues. Uh, colleagues. That sounds fucking horrible. Me and my co-hosts, <laughs> uh, Ian and Tracy. Going through, uh, we we choose a different year each month and uh, select our 10 favourite songs. So we've got 30 all together and we vote on them and then argue uh, over which one's the uh, the best song. Uh, it's normally mine because I have the best taste in music. And then uh, Free With This Month's Issue, which is a podcast with uh, Ian again and we have a different guest each month. Uh, Kurt's going to be on one with us soon. And uh, that one, we are listening to old uh, free CDs from magazines like Q or Kerrang or Enemy or something like that and finding the various horrors and delights within. Uh, you can find all of them on podcast apps. You're listening to a podcast now, so it's free with this month's issue, Shipwrecked and Comatosed, and We Dig Music. Just search for them. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Mogwai Fear Satan. Yeah, that'll do. That will do. That will do. And, um, you know, I keep meaning, every time I talk to you and you mention that, I keep meaning to go in to listen to that song again. <laughs> um, and I, I keep forgetting. I'll have to do that tonight, I think. That's a, well, um, yes. we, we, we'll do it because you're that busy at the moment. We'll do it in January, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely off on Monday. I've got my MLT. So if I don't have my MLT, I can't legally drive to work. Right. So <laughs> I have to have Monday off. That's the reason. <laughs> That'll free up some time for you. It will. <laughs> Just obviously, the MOT. It's failed the MOT, and then I can edit all the podcasts I've got yeah. lined up. Um, yeah, so on all the podcasts you can find me on, uh, um, as as you rightly said, Colin, um, Shipwrecked and Comatose. Uh, I've mentioned the X cast, the X underscore cast on Twitter. 
That's our X-Files podcast. We're currently wrapping up Season 7 for that. Um, so we're close to the end. And uh, The Time Is Now, which is a Millennium podcast. So as of um, as of recording, in two days' time, the 25th of October, um, this, will, this will be out sometime near that date, that date, is the 25th anniversary of Millennium, the TV show that spun off from The X-Files. And um, as part of that, we've got some specials of uh, commentaries and a couple of specials that we've recorded already for that. And you can find that at the Time Is Now pod. You'll also be able to see me and Tony in person, Tony Black in person in Birmingham in November. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to do an X-Cast and Time Is Now special where we are going to be speaking live to Glenn Morgan uh, about two episodes. One infamous, and it's a horror-based episode called Home. Colin, have you seen Home, the X-File episode Home? Uh, is that the one that's got the like sort of scary feral dudes in it? It has, yeah. So that, that's very the one that's to... quite similar to the episode we've just been talking about. Yes, I have exactly. Not, not for a long time. Okay, uh, but I it was in... it was banned. It was banned in the US when yes. it, when it first got aired. It, it was. I remember it got showed on. I think it got showed on Weird Night on BBC Two, or that might have been the one with all the fire in the first or second series. Called right. fire, yeah. By any chance, I think so, yeah. But I am thinking back, sort of like thirty something years ago. So uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So we are talking about home. So I would suggest if anyone did enjoy the Walking Dead, um, that episode that to watch the episode X Files Home. You don't really need to know much more about the X Files. If I'm being honest, it's quite separate. There is yeah. elements and there's continuing character development and stuff like that, and maybe some things that will happen in later seasons. But generally, as an episode, it is an interesting one. Um, I was lucky enough to, to meet one of the actresses in that show as well. But we are talking about that episode um, in uh, our in our live debate with uh, with Glenn Morgan. We're going to talk about that and a Millennium episode. So that's live at the Mac um, Culture and Arts Centre in Birmingham on the 6th of November. So anyone wants to come along? About three miles away from where I am now. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Um, so yeah, so you can find us there. Um, I'm also on Make It So, a Star Trek Picard podcast, and you can find that at Jean Luc Podard. Um, so that's the best place to find it on Twitter. Thank you everyone for joining us on on this uh, episode. And remember, we are part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Please subscribe to Schedule Programming and give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. Ugh, Apple Podcasts and any other podcast rating app you've got. <laughs> Uh, there are other ones available, but um, but yeah, unfortunately, we're a slave to Apple in this world. Um, if you want to help out our network as well, so please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to their, uh, the website for We Made This, which is our network, and that is found at patreon.com forward slash We Made This. Walking Dead is not all we're discussing on the network, so we'll give you a taste of what, what you might have missed um, in a moment. We'll be back soon to schedule more programming. Until then... Do not adjust your set. Elsewhere, and we made this. The Movie Palace Podcast. Nowadays, it's easy to look back, isn't it, Carl, with with hindsight to say that this is probably one of the greatest films ever made. But at the time, it, it was barely even acknowledged by awards bodies. Like the Oscars didn't even didn't have a have a peep at it. Yeah, it's interesting about the awards, considering that, like you say, it's a film that's gone on to peak quite regular fixture on lists of greatest films ever made and that kind of thing. Um, from what I've seen, the reviews were pretty positive, though. You know, rough, rough, the reviews were often quite glowing. 
free with this month's issue. Rachel, when did you get into Nirvana? I think we discussed this last time. I'm a bit younger than you, so (laughs) I was two when Nevermind came out. But I distinctly remember my mum and my dad. They had a VHS that they taped off MTV, MTV Unplugged. Oh, awesome. I remember watching that. It had Ren and Stimpy on as well. (laughs) And I always really liked him. And I always remember the reason my mum liked it so much is because she was so interested in his cardigan, the green cardigan (laughs) that he was wearing, which is a very sort of, you know, twee thing to enjoy. But I think he probably would have quite enjoyed that. Right in the childhood. As a weirdo kid, I always thought it would be cool if the Doctor regenerated into an alien because it never said that he had to look like a human. human. Yeah, that's a good point. And there was one regeneration where it went wrong. Well, they always go wrong, don't they? And there was one regeneration of the Master where it went wrong, so he was like this hideous, scarred thing. That's very old episodes because I loved the Sylvester McCoy stuff so much that I bought... VHS tapes oh, of okay. previous doctors, so I have quite a big knowledge a of deep, deep dive. You know, stuff from way before I was born as well, stuff from the seventies. It's pretty cool. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. <laughs>